0: Oh, friends, would you pray with me? Oh, God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you. Oh, God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The disciples are out fishing, doing the stuff of their daily life. It's been a long night in a string of long Terrible nights, only days since the horrors of the crucifixion with the authorities still seeking Jesus' friends and followers, they're tired. And they're doing what they'd always done, and in the distance, out on the shore, a figure shouts to them, Children, have you no fish? Toss the nets to the other side. They cast their nets, and the fish overflow. The sights and sounds of abundance jar them out of their tiredness. They realize that the figure on the shore is Jesus, the one who is always drawing abundance out of scarcity. And Peter, wild with excitement, puts on his clothes, and then jumps into the water, swimming to his friend. The others row their boat ashore with fish, And there he is, Jesus sitting at a charcoal fire with bread and fish. Come, come and have breakfast. And they sit there together, friends on the beach, eating breakfast. On Easter, the story of resurrection is magnificent, full of miracles and drama. Jesus, the great conqueror of the grave, resplendent in glory. The shiny trumpets play their melodies, the kids in their dresses and their suits. It's all so perfect, so clean, so miraculous. But the post-resurrection stories in the Gospel of John, the miracles are a little more mundane. They're a little messier. They're stories of Jesus showing up. Not resplendent, but bearing wounds. He shows up still reeking of the grave, and now also of fish. Still in his death clothes, dusty with dirt. He's not surrounded by angels or heavenly hosts, it's just him. It's just him in that same body that had been crucified, pierced with the nails and slashed in the side. And it's the strange thing that it, it is in the rising of that wounded body that our hope rests. We Christians worship a Savior who is scarred, And isn't our own rising a little bit more like this? More like rising after a long night of grief into a body and a world that feels a little foreign. More like rising in the midst of postpartum depression into a body that is so deeply tired. More like rising into a body that bears the wounds and the scar stories of every terrible day through which we have lived. Hear this good news by our poet laureate, Ada Limon. It's called Instructions on Not Giving Up. More than the fuchsia funnels breaking out of the crab apple tree, More than the neighbor's almost obscene display of cherry limbs shoving their cotton candy blossoms to the slate sky of spring rains. It's the greening of the trees that really gets me. When all the shock of white and taffy, the world's baubles and trinkets, leave the pavement strewn in the confetti of aftermath. The leaves come. Patient. Plotting a green skin growing over whatever winter did to us, a return, a, a return to the strange idea of continuous living despite the mess of us, the hurt, the empty. Fine then, I'll take it, the tree seems to say, a new slick leaf unfurling like a fist to an open palm. I'll take it all. A green skin growing over whatever winter did to us, a return to the strange idea of continuous living despite the mess of us, the hurt, the empty. Continuous living. Is that not what the resurrection is? Theologian Shelley Rambo writes that resurrection is not so much about life overcoming death as it is life resurrecting amid the ongoingness of death. Jesus' wounds tell us that resurrection didn't undo the terror of the crucifixion but rather proclaims that God's love rises precisely in the midst of terror, less like a perfect Easter lily, and more like a scrappy dandelion growing through the concrete, life resurrecting amidst the ongoingness of death, hope bursting forth in the midst of trouble. Jesus' rising teaches us about our own, our bodies and our minds bearing scars, and yet our own miraculous living, our own rising in this precarious and always still beautiful world. We rise not as who we were once in the before, before she died, before that terrible night, before he left, before the words that we can't take back, before the diagnosis, before COVID, we rise changed and marked in body and spirit by all that life has done to us. In today's scripture, the disciples have been up all night casting their nets in the same exact way that they had always done. Frustrated and exhausted, they know It's not working. They're coming up empty. And it's Jesus who calls to them and he tells them to cast their nets to the other side. The other side. It's almost as if he's recommissioning them, echoing back to when he called them to be fishers of people. Now he's calling them again after all the terror that has befallen them. He's asking them to stay faithful to the call, though it looks different than it used to, though it looks different than they thought it would. Often, in reflecting in the past several years, I hear this wistful yearning to go back. Maybe you've heard it too. To go back to 2019 or, heck, we'll even take February 2020, but to go back back before the millions had died, back before vaccines and vectors into, entered into the everyday lexicon, back before masks and social distancing, back before back before online church, to go back. Because we wish it hadn't happened, and so we want to go back. But hear this. Jesus' resurrection was not a going back. It was a going on. We can't go back. We've been transformed as individuals and as a community. We are not the same. The world is not the same. And there is healing and new life and abundance yet to be found if only we'd cast our nets to the other side. If only we'd pay heed to all that we'd learned of fragility and disease, of racism's poison and our planet's limits, of just how much a collective failure could cost. If only, if only we'd care for our wounds with tenderness, to be honest about just how hard it's been, how in need of rest and care we all are. If only we'd offer each other that same tenderness and rest and care. If only we would follow God's call to go on living as a wounded and a risen people, recommissioned as disciples at the lake shore, going on to dream about what we can yet still be. We rise, we don't go back, we go on into the strange idea of continuous living despite the mess of us, the hurt, the empty. Knowing the fragility of life, we cling to the beauty of it. Knowing the vulnerability of the body, we proclaim all the more, unequivocally, the sacredness of the body. Knowing that so much can be lost, and so quickly, We give ourselves over to the only thing worth the life that we have left, a life of glorious, improbable, joyful, death-defying love. We rise, and like the poet, we say our clenched fists giving way to an open palm, fully knowing what we're saying yes to, I'll take it all. I'll take it all.